0: Day
1: on CodePen Radio. Hello, CodePen Radio 384. We're going to talk about the CodePen Spark again because it's coming up on its 300th edition, and we oh, we love a good milestone show around here. So, and Marie, it's your baby, so you are with me to talk about it.
0: Hey, everybody. Yeah, I'm excited. 300 issues of The Spark. That means like six years, almost six years worth of every single week putting out a, yeah, a newsletter. Yeah, 52 that's,
1: weeks a year, they say. So almost like, six years.
0: I don't know if it's rough. I'm pretty sure they're strict so on rough. that one.
1: Feels rough. Let's see. <laughs> 72. Seven, how many weeks are there? 52, 52 times 7. I feel
0: like that's firm. It's
1: 364 <laughs> days. It's 364 a day.
0: Oh, so okay, it's, okay. What are we going to get into a fight about once a week? Yes. <laughs> all me. right. So let's
1: talk about time zones next. There's <laughs> so the you know we we started kicking this thing off back in 2016. The whole point of this was was and is what's the coolest stuff that you should be paying attention to? You know, it's honestly it's mostly on CodePen. <laughs> we'll put whatever in there, but usually there's some CodePen connection at all. Um, there isn't 100% always. You know, yeah, it's, it's either
0: on CodePen or it involves someone from the CodePen community doing something cool. And, you know, the CodePen community is very big and the web development world is very big too. So we always have opportunities to bring in stuff from elsewhere.
1: Yeah, I kind of like that it's, because for a minute I was like, well, shouldn't this be just like, why would we care if it's Connect? Shouldn't it just be like, what's in front-end development? And now I'm kind of glad that we kind of didn't lean that far because it's like, there's tons of newsletters like that. That are like, "Mm, course, new in web design or whatever. So this is like, yeah, we're going to touch on what's new in web design through the lens of something related to CodePen because it's almost easy to draw that connection. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty easy. We've done this twice before. I'm glad we're so like clockwork us. We did a 100 mile episode. Uh, That was episode 199 when we hit the 100 episode milestone. Huge. And again at 200.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So here we
1: are on 300. Here we are on 300. So we still do this newsletter. Clearly, we have found value in it. Clearly, Mm -hmm. it's an important (laughs) thing at CodePen that we do. And uh, it sure is. You know, it's nothing but gotten bigger since then. I don't know if it's exponential growth, but it, I think it's faster than linear because it's been—it's just freaking huge. It goes up to millions yes. of people. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah, it does. And it's—you uh, know—we talked about in the in that first episode that you just mentioned there, the uh, the one hundred issue milestone that we did. We talked about the very early days of the spark and like what was the the inspiration behind starting the newsletter and and our very yeah. beginning thoughts on what it would be like. And that's a fun one to listen to now because it's been many years at this point. Um, uh, and then at the two hundred milestone, we talked about the real technical leaps that we had taken since the very early days. Just to to speak briefly about the very early days, the very early days was literally handcrafted HTML. Like we were writing <laughs> writing it yeah. into a pen at first, you remember? And then we would paste You'd it. I think we'd like
1: would have used MailChimp or something. You know, I feel like most people's early days are like, oh, we almost we like we reached for outside tooling and then we grew into our own tooling. In our case, we're like, we just raw dogged it. You know?
0: <laughs> we did from from the beginning. And uh I think even at the very beginning we realized like this has the potential to get too big for MailChimp. So you know, before it would start to really yeah. cost us. So Love MailChimp,
1: uh, it's freaking expensive. Yeah.
0: yeah, for us at our yeah, you know, I mean it but yeah, I mean it's obviously also a great service. But uh but yeah, so the first that first episode there. The first look back is is really the the rough stuff when it was hard to do. And then we really did smooth it out. Uh, the, the 200 episode talks about that. Uh, and then also Alex and I talked about it in the podcast episode 274, uh, which is about uh, his move into Golang. Uh, we talked about what we did uh, to speed up the send of the spark. We, it used to take days to send the spark. We would start sending on a Monday morning and it would finish on oh. Wednesday afternoon uh which stunk realistically three Uh, days ish you know yeah about yeah so we we sped that up with go and now it all sends within i think it's 15 minutes somewhere some of that that
1: stuff was technological and some of that stuff was just a mistake
0: yeah we had a little problem yeah but so and we actually we talked about that (laughs) into in in the we really the milestone, oh my or, yeah, yeah. So so, there's a lot of good uh, audio history of the spark uh, to to look back on if you're interested in the, in the evolution of it. Um, and I think that's I think it's interesting to have done that. I'm glad we did. You know, like you said, it's it's nice to have these milestones.
1: Let's do. I'm gonna do an embarrassing one for us. So when we look listen back on this one, we'll be like, oh my god, is that really how we did it? <laughs> Only because because w- w- we like our system now, right? Like it's pretty good. It's it's never a problem miraculously you know it never like stalls out or anything like it's really solid i can't even remember the last time we had a problem with it but it is a funky how it's put together like yeah there's go involved but there's all kinds of stuff so one of the things that's very important is the the homemade cms thing right which is Mm -hmm. just terribly not difficult for us to do these days as as very seasoned developers who can craft APIs and throw together front ends with our existing very nice pattern library and stuff like to, to put together a little thing that, so the the point is when you make a new spark, you give it a title, you give it a description, then you give it a bunch of items, right? Like that's like bread and butter. Mm-hmm. easy crud stuff for us to put together. So we built it, and then we have refined it, you know, UX-wise over time. And that's the core of a Spark. Like, that is a Spark. It's kind of like logging into WordPress and writing a blog post or something. That is the blog post. But then it does need to get, like, crafted up into a full chunk of HTML to be sent out. So that's kind of a second process. Is There's also what you might call a CMS for, like, the shell of the Spark like the overall design and the thing that loops over the items from our database and pl- plucks them into place and takes the news and puts it into place and all that kind of stuff. It's, oh, there's almost like two CMSs that need to interface with each other, the design and shell of the Spark and the content of the Spark. Mm -hmm. and they're not they don't sit right next to each other the CMS is our own it's absolutely just 100% at a code pen URL an internal code pen URL that we work on but then the actual shell of the email is over on Postmark where we keep all our other emails and we do that very much on purpose because they basically are emails CMS Mm -hmm. but what's funny is that and a great one they are really good that one's really nice to work with it is really good. What's funny is that at the time we started using them, they forbade marketing emails. Mm-hmm. They only would do transactional emails. But we're like, oh, this is so nice, though. Why would we, you know, why can we just manage the Spark like template over there even though we can't actually send it over there? <laughs> These days, they do do marketing emails. So... You know, once we find a couple of wheelbarrows full of time sitting around, there's a possibility <laughs> we can convert to it as long as the price is right. But yeah. we actually send the Spark. It's the only, no, we send two emails through an email called or a service called Spark Post.
0: Mm-hmm. Did I yep. say
1: that right? Spark Yes, Post. you're right. And it's Spark it's Very Post... similar to Postmark.
0: Yeah, unfortunately. So we have three things to talk about, which is Spark Post. Postmark and the spark. So yes, we have a lot of situations <laughs> where it's unclear what we're speaking yes. about. Um, and we have absolutely had complete miscommunications just based on a mixture of those. <laughs> but right. yeah, we send uh, we send the spark and also the challenges through spark Post Because
1: they're marketing emails and that's just what we're supposed to do. Not to mention their pricing is pretty good. It's mm-hmm, not yeah. as robust of a product as postmark is. But it's a good product, they do analytics, they send emails, you know, they have some features that they offer are better than than postmark. Ugh, sorry, it's impossible to talk about all this. Yeah. But, but think <laughs> of how we send an email then. You go in there and craft it in the CMS, right? Great. Mm-hmm. Then when we're about to send it, we have to like craft it all together. We've written code, and this is all the go stuff, that... Hits the postmark API, sucks over the template. We iterate over the CMS and craft together the complete piece of HTML that represents an email. Now we have that, and then we use the Spark Post API to send them. And the way that email sending works is you know, it's basically one at a time. You say, mm-hmm. here's, an, here's an email address and here's some HTML, send it. And you try to do that as fast as you absolutely can. Now, you can do it at the freaking speed of light, but you can't quite because the service that you use might get mad at you. You might get throttled, whatever. The service might be like, you can't hit us that fast. There might be errors and stuff like that. And we can't just not send emails. So that's part of the beauty of Spark Post is they allow themselves to get hit. Mm -hmm. real fast with with API. And they'll even help you queue and stuff anyway. So it's like, there ends up being a pretty good choice for us in that way. But think of all the little moving parts that have to work together and it just works great. (laughs) It's fine. It
0: does. Yeah, it's, we've smoothed out all the trouble and actually before we started the show I was kind of saying to you like so much of the early days of the Spark was just focused on like how the heck do we even send this? (laughs) We would would have we would run into real situations just trying to get it out the door and it's now we've we've really been able to spend our time focusing much more on the content and the editorial side of things so i'm
1: really happy with that it costs us money we all these services that we use we literally spend money and then it's like non trivial money yeah. so like it's one thing if it was if if we just you know if code pen was so rolling and it were like who cares we'll just like emails barely on the radar as, as far as costs, but it freaking is on the radar. So we need to make sure that it has some clear business value. Fortunately, it super obviously does because mm-hmm. some of our advertising happens in the Spark because it's such a big newsletter that there's you know a decent amount of desire to be in it. And we sell those spots, both dedicated issues and regular issues, still happy yeah. to do it. So absolutely more than pays for itself. So good job us, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do think after 300 issues, we can say it's been successful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, quite so. And, uh, you know, we have all lots of evidence that people get it, they read it, they like getting it, they especially like being in it, if they, <laughs> they can be in yeah. and, and that kind yeah. of thing. So, basically the gist of it is, you, what do you pick out, 12-ish um, things, yeah. and we... Mm-hmm. them in there with the description and stuff and 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 out it goes you know
0: yeah every Monday or Tuesday so we've been actually we have been experimenting with sending on Tuesdays to see how that goes but it's usually Monday sometimes a Tuesday
1: nobody cares what day it is we haven't, so we yeah, get to care really you know?
0: got a lot of pushback on that but
1: yeah yeah but if you know if we were business and data driven you know if it turned out to be clearly better as far as read rates we'll just switch
0: yeah we had one time where i think it was just kind of a almost just like a fluke where like the tuesday opens were just like excellent and we're like whoa we should always send on tuesday and then we tried for a while like sending on tuesdays and it's like no it's it's kind of the same (laughs) it's not it's not really i I don't really think it's the day i think that's one of the things we also like speculate on and and wonder about yeah like what 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 is it that gets people to open you know what it's funny i'm looking at the show notes here and i had intended to put this in the show notes and i forgot to but i'm gonna bring it up now one time i'm gonna talk about the most hated episode or not episode the most (laughs) hated (laughs) issue of the spark
1: really i don't know i have no idea what you're gonna say
0: Oh, I think you'll remember it as soon as I mentioned okay. it. it. It's related to an emoji. <laughs> we, um, at the beginning of this year, uh, we put out the Spark issue that covered the top 100 from, from 2021. And the headline was, The Most Hearted of 2021 Heart Emoji. And then, you know, a couple other phrases uh, describing what else was in the issue. Yeah. And we just got hammered with unsubscribes, spam reports, all this. Worst of all time. Ever, ever, ever. And we couldn't figure out why because it wasn't, you know, there wasn't objectionable content inside of the the, the spark. There was nothing weird about the advertiser. And we just have to chalk it up to people don't like the heart emoji in their inbox because it was that's the only thing that was truly different about it you know compared to other other issues uh before or since we have never so we
1: can blame we can basically bang toxic max, masculinity really
0: i don't know about that i think we maybe can blame Those boys a, the emoji that. <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure what to say but but we never did it or again. Or maybe
1: you're like you worried about your boss walking by or your significant other looking at your to inbox to see the heart and little hearty hearts in there. Really? Could be, it, it could be your secret so. lover. No, I, I have no idea. But <laughs> if that's if that's the only thing, then yeah, let's well, never do it again.
0: So we never, we will never ever do that again. And I have hesitated to even so much as hit the smiley face in the copy since that. I'll happened. tell you, it is
1: rare. Like I get a lot of email, and there's not a lot of freaking emojis in the mm-hmm. in the titles. I wonder if data has just borne that out elsewhere. You yeah, know, yeah, and
0: we just we just stepped. Into that pothole on our own. Because (laughs) intuitively, I would have thought it's.
1: I would have thought the opposite. I thought, oh, they're they're so eye catching.
0: Yeah, I wondered if perhaps it would have an effect on the open rate, and that's why I looked. And I'm like, oh no, (laughs) it did not affect the open rate at all. But people hated it. I mean, they wrote in saying, stop sending me this, all this. You know, people hated that particular issue, and we will never make that mistake again. Sorry about the emoji, everybody.
1: The no, last emoji you'll ever see, you know?
0: Yeah, you won't see one from me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not in the headline anyhow.
1: This episode of Code Pen Radio is brought to you in part by Notion. That's Notion.com slash CodePen. Go there to get started. Notion is a beautiful tool. We use it a ton at CodePen. One of the main things we use it for is we use it as a team, right? So everybody who works here has an account on Notion and they log into it. And there's all kinds of, it's almost like an information base. You know, there's all kinds of information about how we do things and how we code things and how customer support works and how our marketing and advertising stuff work. and But it's for planning ahead. It's for planning this podcast ahead and CodePen challenges ahead. But probably most importantly, it's for our active projects. Like what are we working on? What should you be doing right now? with those projects broken up into phases and individual tasks and such, and then what's coming up later. And we've recently just went through some work digging a little deeper into the Notion feature set and doing more with our tasks like that. For example, we've given them estimated uh, uh, how much time they're going to take, at least just rough estimates, so we can kind of see how much work is ahead on a sprint or a a block of work in a way. And they even have like a timeline view that's a bit like a Gantt chart, so you can kind of see... Well, once we finish this, we can move on to this, where these two things can go in parallel and stuff like that. So real project planning stuff built into there. But it's not too opinionated, like you must do you know your project planning like this. You can use it a little more amorphously than that and kind of take notes in there and put whatever you want, wherever you need, to structure it, however you need to. Really powerful app in that regard. So thanks so much for the support notion. I bet your team would get a kick of a kick out of it for sure. Uh, uh, Learn more and get started for free at Notion.com slash Codepen. That's Notion.com slash Codepen to help you take the first step towards an organized, happier team today. Since like our last, you you know, we talked about the technology improving and, you know, it has gone through iterative improvement since then and then sending it our new fancy way and all that. What's actually new? What's like new, new?
0: Well, I'd say the, the biggest new thing this year is Chris's Corner.
1: That's the biggest thing? Maybe.
0: The biggest new thing? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's Chris's Corner.
1: Oh. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't feel that different to me. But it does because I have to do it now, so it's work for me. <laughs> so it feels different <laughs> to me. But yeah, there's always news in there Oh, it's work for you. I got anyway. proofread it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. That's, that must be rough.
0: <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I definitely don't do a just because I I'm not hitting the publish button, usually that's what gets me to actually proofread. Mm, yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. But yeah, talk about Chris's corner because I I think he's really cool. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, you used to write news, which was kind of like maybe some extra industry code penny stuff that maybe didn't have the best thumbnail potential.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's usually what was what would get you uh Brought into the news section where it's just like, okay, well, the pen's preview is completely blank, but this is actually really cool, you know? Something like that would absolutely go into the news section.
1: Yeah, well, but the the point that news existed was convenient because I just got to kind of co-opt it, you know? I got to just be like, oh, well, we don't have to change the CMS at all. I'll just change that shell, that template, to instead of say news, I'll just put my freaking mug on there and say Chris's Corner. And then... I can type into the news section in the CMS what I want to write as HTML and done, you know, Mm -hmm. then I got to just steal a thing. And the the point of it is that I get to use my voice to just write how I write, which I've been writing about web stuff for a hot minute. So like I have a little bit of an established style there and it came, you know a little bit after i me selling css tricks and not having that outlet i mean whatever it's not like the door is closed i could write for css tricks if i if i strongly wanted to and may, maybe i will but the point is you know now that i don't own it anymore my time is incentivized to go towards the things that I do own you know yeah getting a chance to like I get to slow down my writing which actually feels kind of good but not cut myself off entirely I can still use my voice to write each week in the spark so that's what I do and I kind of just pick a theme or I just do some hot links you know I kind of like that I haven't I don't force myself to have a particular style. I just write whatever I feel like writing in some HTML and then send it out that week. And I hope people read it. It's very hard to know in newsletter format. You can have a lot of readers and they just don't engage, you know, they don't, there's just no way you'll know really.
0: Yeah. And we don't have good insight into, because we don't like tag up the links with like referral things. Um, I guess we could do that if it was important, but we, we just, uh, you know, if stuff is coming in from the Spark, it's like, cool, you know, good. <laughs> Although, realistically, those are links out. We wouldn't even really know anyway, so or it's not really a huge measure for us. But yeah, I, I like it. And speaking of links, actually, um, and this kind of came along with Chris's Corner or wasn't wasn't long after it anyway... Uh, was that we added the ability to put links inside of a description of an item in, oh, a, in yeah. the Spark. It used to be that um, you couldn't, and I don't actually know why, but you couldn't put a link into the description of a Spark item. Now we can, and I've really enjoyed using that because I can add some extra context or kind of go more in-depth into mm. a featured item. Uh, one thing that I did in a recent issue was that I uh, showed the revisions that someone had done and shared publicly of, of a pen, um, and I linked to a couple of the revisions so people could kind of compare against what the oh, final nice. product was. Yeah. And I thought that was really great to be able to do and that's not something we were able to do before. So I'm I'm really enjoying and kind of thinking of new ways to use this extra context and extra ability to expand on things with more links. Um and that's been really fun. So I'm looking forward to what we do with that as we as we have, you know, have as we have that tool in the box longer.
1: Yeah. I think I remember what it was. You know, there's like a I guess it, it just I shouldn't call it new. It felt new to me at one time in life because it was basically HTML5 that allowed you to wrap an anchor link around whatever the hell you wanted to in HTML mm-hmm. pretty much, which before that it was kind of uncool to put an an anchor link like around let's say an h3 and a paragraph or something. And not, I wouldn't say that's like best practice now, but you can, <laughs> you know? And then what yeah. it does is it makes that whole area clickable. So I think in the early days, that was our, our idea for the email was to have these big blocks, a card, you know? It's got a thumbnail, mm-hmm. it's got a little type, it's got a title, it's got a description. And wherever you click, it's going to take you to that link. It's just a big, giant link. And... If you do that, and if you're like, that's your assumption that's you know the, what you're shooting for, in the CMS, you need to like disallow other, you can't allow other links because you can't nest links in HTML, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, So we'll just say like, oh, that description area requires no HTML. Like don't use HTML at all in there. Just write with words what you want to say. And, alt, and it will, we'll put it in the template in the proper tags, but no HTML. And it turned out that was just dumb, you know, for a bunch of reasons that first of all, you shouldn't make giant things of text like that kind of for accessibility reasons, because as you're tabbing it through, it'll be like link. And then a, instead of a link saying something useful, like, you know, add product to cart or something, it'll like read oh, the, it's the whole thing title oh. and description and everything.
0: Yeah. Oh, this is Uh, much better than Yeah, it's just
1: not necessary. And so uh, what allowed me to, and I just did this on a whim one morning because I'm like, oh, that's stupid. I'm going to change it. But when you make a change like that, you got to change it like, you know, change the CMS to allow it and Mm -hmm. then change the API to be cool about it. And then change the postmark template to use the like triple brackets to allow HTML inside of it. You know, it it tends to have a little sprawling implications but i was like whatever i'm gonna do it because it's very stupid that you can't just use a little html in the description of spark items
0: it was so worth it i'm very very excited about having that in there
1: yeah so that's new that's cool yeah (laughs) html it turns out very very useful yeah
0: another little thing that we did was we uh we talked about this in the in the episode about issue 200 is that uh it used to be that we had to kind of use a workaround to even add the images to the Spark, but now we just gave ourselves the same image uploader we use in asset hosting. So that's made that's made it a lot easier, too. It speeds things up.
1: Yeah, that's cool. It just is like a CMS nicety, right? Yeah. That you're, you're writing and you just... Take a screenshot, quick. Drag it and drop it onto the thing, and there's the image. There's not. It doesn't take you out of flow of of creating a thing.
0: Yeah, it's much much smoother now. And in the episode where we talked about you know the two hundred milestone, we were saying that the (laughs) that the CMS was kind of like we had the. The cobbler's children have no shoes problem. And I said we had like one shoe per kid at this point. I think we have fully shoed everybody at Mm. this point with with Spark. So,
1: yeah, it is pretty shoed up, isn't it? Other than that, (laughs) I think I would probably consolidate some of the tech we use to, you know, as in.
0: Yeah, that little workaround, the postmark and Spark Post thing that we have to do is a little out there, but we're, you know, it's not a pebble in the shoe right now. No, it's fine. Yeah.
1: um we do have it such that I can't remember when we put this in place but there's like a like a nuclear submarine kind of thing where you know the, the both the captain and the first mate or whatever that's more than six feet away has to turn the key at the same time to send mm-hmm. the send the bomb off.
0: We're these, the same these with the Spark. Emails,
1: yeah, it really is the same with the Spark. You have somebody has to approve it and then another person has to come in and approve it. And the way it's authed is like you can't even fake it because CodeVet used to be able to fake it. because
0: We used to, yeah. <laughs> of course, there's an
1: admin tool to just log in as whoever you want, you know, because that's just required for apps to be able to debug things and such. So on a, on a day that you absolutely had to get a second approval, you can just use that tool and log in as somebody who is also an admin and and turn the second key as it were. But now not you can't anymore. do that because now no. it's tied to our, you know, it uses like Cloud, cloudflare auth or whatever, which uses your code pen at you know or your name at codepen.io email. And I don't have anybody else's I can't right, log yeah. into Shaw's email. It's like not That's literally impossible. So
0: Yeah, so we both really do have to sign off on it or (laughs) someone else has to sign off, you know, in your place. So the one time I just the day I discovered that logging in as you doesn't work anymore, I had to ask Steven to do it because I was like, oh no. (laughs) But that's
1: kind of the point is that somebody else has to look at it with their eyeballs and approve it.
0: You know. And that's how we that's so there's there's a bunch of reasons there. I mean, one is just for proofreading to make sure this Issue is going to work when we send it out, and it doesn't say anything that is wrong or have broken links or anything like that, you know? Um, But the other thing is to make sure that we don't send the same issue again, which would be mega costly because this costs. So, you know, sometimes you'll get like an email. I know, I don't know, this was like a year ago where HBO Max sent out an email that was just like, this is Hmm. a test. And everybody who ever oh, yeah. signed up for HBO Max got it, and I was like, "That would never happen to us." That we were all kind of joking because it was funny. We had built the system to prevent something like that from happening to us because, with thinking about how costly that would be for us, how costly it would be for something as big as HBO Max. Oh my goodness! Like somebody was crying yeah. over that one. So that type of thing is not going to happen to us because we built it's the system. Embarrassing, yeah, you
1: can lose money. It's embarrassing other too. You, yeah.
0: Yeah. So. We did, years and years ago, once send out the same issue like twice in a row, and I've never forgotten that, and so we built this so that I would never have to suffer that kind of shame again.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's gone. So that's cool. That's, that's a pretty cool thing. I never imagined we'd build something like that. What a weird little piece of technology we decided to build. It's great, yeah. though.
0: It has It has saved us trouble. I love things that prevent problems. You never know about the problem again because it didn't happen. And a lot of the time, that doesn't get highlighted. You know, the things that prevent problems, but they are much better than solving problems. Keeping them from ever happening in the first place rules. So that's I'm very, very pleased we have that in there.
1: Like I mentioned, we have advertisers for the Spark. Usually there's two, and we just sprinkle them in there. There's I think we can allow for more now if it happens, just because Mm -hmm. whatever, as an experiment or a business, get over it. There's also... Dedicated issues. And we used to have, we used to make a big deal out of it and say, you know, we used to have the special heart, the special header that said CodePen special edition, you know, and make it feel really special and say that, you know, there's a single sponsor brought you this. And then, you know, kind of prime you up for the idea that there's going to be, you know, a big brought to you by some one sponsor, not multiple random ones. Mm-hmm. The thing is, it was popular enough that. We, it, it just wasn't special anymore, you know, like to send a special one every month.
0: Yeah, it was happening a lot. Yeah. Uh,
1: anyway, so we, they're just not special anymore. We just do that regularly. We put a big ad for them at the top. It's still like a very bold, you know, thing for that individual sponsor, but we don't, we just, it's a dedicated sponsor. We don't call it a special mm-hmm. edition. Yeah, that's that. That's that, that kind of thing. I know because I read your, your your weeklies every week. That's like an internal thing at CodePen. We do. We are like what happened this week. It's like the end of us. It's like the written version of a stand up at the end of the week Oh, whatever. We don't have to get into all that. But
0: yeah, we you, like blog to each other. <laughs> yes,
1: that's great. You blog to each other about it, and you watch the numbers on the Spark pretty pretty closely.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's important to me. Like the Spark is a is a big part of what I do. You know, i I'm helping out with. Handling advertising more. I'm it's important to our advertisers what the numbers look like. But also beyond like stats, beyond like this many cents, this many open, all that type of stuff. I'm also looking at the data involved in like the content that's going into the spark. So, you know, for example, I will consider how often someone has already been in the spark, or you know, conversely, how yeah. someone has never been in the spark when I'm starting to select things from the picked items that week. Um, And so, like, you know, the Spark has kind of taken the place for some people of the picks, you know? Like, a lot of people will read the Spark and not really browse a lot. because we still do
1: picks, but, right, that, like, just picks feed is gone and kind of intentionally so.
0: Yeah. So, the Spark is, like, the big stage, you know? And when you get into the Spark, a lot more people see your stuff than necessarily even if you got picked. Like, a pick might not do as well as something that ended up in the Spark. And we have, of course, superstars on the platform. We have people who just every single week are turning out amazing work. And they, of course, get into the Spark a whole lot because they deserve to. They are doing incredible work. At the same time, we also have other people who are new to the platform who maybe don't have the same following, maybe haven't just been around long enough to get seen, who, if we didn't really make an effort to go and find them, we might miss. And so... I make sure with our picks that we are looking more at a broader range of work that we're not just looking at the same greatest hits folks over and over and over. And also when I'm making a consideration for the spark, I do think about that. Like, has this person been in the spark before? Is it time? Are they ready? You know, are we getting them in the big show now? (laughs) You know? Uh, And that's, that's been something that we've worked with uh, much more this year. Like I was saying before, I feel like we have had kind of a turn towards the editorial here um, as our focus, and I really think that's exciting. And this is what we've been doing. We've been you know, making sure that we highlight emerging talents while we still celebrate that people who have been doing awesome work for many, many, many years.
1: Yeah, I mean, my thought about it is that like, there's so many, there's always some newish person doing something amazing. And just yes. because, out of virtue of them being a different human being, they do things differently and it yeah. spices things up. And we're just so lucky to have that happen at CodePen at all that, like, not embracing that would be a mistake, really.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It's, it, you don't want to get into a rut. You also don't want to keep people shut out. You know, it's, it, it does have an editorial feature and it is hand selected but it also is open to all of our members. Anyone can get into the spark the same as anyone can get picked, you know. So and I want to make sure that that's really true. So that's that's something that we've been working a lot more towards is making sure that we really see what's happening on CodePen, not just relying on and we talked about this recently in the episode about trending. Not just relying on social media cues to say, okay, this is popular, we should we should show this, or we should you know feature this or whatever. But to really just dig into the platform, examine inside the platform what is happening, and feature that. So it's uh, you know right. that's SQL. That's all SQL <laughs> is, is how that's happening these days. And it hasn't been without its pitfalls. I accidentally selected somebody for the spark that had done a total uncredited fork of like a really popular pen to be honest with you i should have recognized it but i in my effort to put forth new work i i made a mistake i didn't vet them properly so that doesn't that's not a mistake i'm gonna make again (laughs) but you know it happened and and i i you know i don't know i had a 300 issues one time i one Time we have that happen, I'm not that upset about it, but I'm upset about it because I'm a perfectionist and that type of thing bothers me. But you know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so be it, it's cool, yeah, you know, as long as it doesn't Had to vent, had yeah. to vent. <laughs> if, um, and then okay, so what, 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 what can go in a spark and that top part, you know, not Chris's corner or whatever, is um, it's a lot of pens mm-hmm. and then it's off site posts of things that tend to have embeds in it you know
0: yeah embeds or or uh sometimes video demonstrations like if someone is uh showing how to make something and it happens to be that they're making it in a pen and it's a youtube video or uh just any video presentation or even we'll sometimes link to a to a twitch stream archive to so people can check out something there um but yeah it in some way, it will either involve a pen directly or CodePen itself or a member of our community, someone who is part of the CodePen community doing something cool with code.
1: Yeah, Th- but there's other things on CodePen. There's projects once in a while, there'll be a project in there. I know that's not mm-hmm. the most like highly used thing because it's, um, you know, it's pro only for one thing and yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But then there's um collections. Anybody can yes. make a collection. It's just a that's showcase true. of your taste. And I love a good collection, right?
0: Yes, and that's that's a good way to put it, that it can be a showcase of your taste. And actually, that that brings up a good point about the collections that are going in the Spark lately. Um, there have been more pick-worthy collections as I'm picking more collections. I think people are getting the idea mm. of the, flexibility of collections and all the cool things you can do with it i said to myself at the beginning of this year or maybe it's the end of last i got to pick more collections so i built a dashboard to find good collections and i have been finding them like i have found much more than i set out to find i could probably pick multiple collections every day i'm trying to at least get one in there but but Mm. we are really seeing a lot of interesting use of collections in a new way um, but then also, we're also seeing collections that have been maintained for literally years, many, many years, that are extremely interesting and deserve to get into the Spark because they are so cool. Um, I have a couple links here that we'll put into the show notes of examples of recent things that have been in the Spark that were really, really standout collections. We have one um it's called Animation and Cool Effects uh, from R- Ricardo Zanuda. Yeah, started in 2014. Whoa. It's got like...
1: <laughs> you know he's got some... some <laughs> Unbelievable
0: yeah. stuff. It's it's Pride such a cool thing because... One. Oh, yeah. And it's it's got... It's like a historic collection of pens, basically, because it goes all the way back. It goes that far back into our history that, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's got like 1,500 pens in it and they're all... Great. So that one's super awesome to see. Oh, I just found um, one
1: that's so cool that hasn't been picked. Oh my God, I'm going to pick it right now.
0: Yes. See? <laughs> <laughs> it's it be it's like an addictive thing once you start get, <laughs> getting into like what's cool in the collections. And I'll show you the dashboard that's got those so you could do even yeah, more. Yeah, nice. But, but, you know, and the ones that... That one there, uh, I don't know if Ricardo has any of his own pens in it. Uh, it's a huge collection and pages and pages and pages through it's just all different members of the community's work uh there's another one that i was just absolutely floored by it's a member uh their username is andy mann uh the collection's called pa- uh, patterns filled space yeah and it is oh, that one you gotta pop oh, that one I open in so TV. so it's like a
1: oh, it is so good
0: it is so good Holy it's crap. it's Yes, right? <laughs> it's it's such a good collection and it's a it's a real smart selection. This is not somebody who just was like, "Oh, let me, you know, yeah. put together a mishmash or something." This is that's an eye at yeah, work there and d- I really think that's great.
1: Different names, including totally unknown. Oh my god, mm-hmm. this is the coolest yeah, collection one. I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, pop that one open in TV it <sighs> rules. <laughs>
1: Wow. And then
0: uh and then there was a, another recent one, ASCII artwork, which was um the member's name is uh, Eric Karkovac and he does really cool collections. He is absolutely worth following. He does cool work, but he's also following, you know, f- worth following just for the collections alone because he is really really good at gathering things across a theme. Uh and he ha- pays really close attention to what's cool, what's happening like yeah. in in the now, right now, although obviously ASCII artwork is old as computers, but he he really does bring in a lot of what's cool and happening right now. So I I really like his work. I follow him mostly for his collections, although he's worth a follow regardless. Uh, so th- so that's the type of collection where it's like someone is is it's almost like curatorial, you know, they're they're selecting work from the community and adding it to a collection. Uh, but then the other type of collection that we've been featuring a lot is like grouped demos where someone groups their own work into a collection and then they share that and that goes into the feed and it's the same size thumbnail as a pen. So you can really get a, you know, a clear view of what this is going to be all about when you open up the collection just by seeing it in the feed. So, Uh, Jay Tompkins, of course, uh, everybody knows Jay Tompkins, he's fantastic, Uh, really does amazing work. And he has put together his uh, speedy CSS tips, which are really popular on Twitter. He's gathered those all up into a collection. So that one, uh, every time he adds a new one, if you're following Jay, you'll see it in in your uh, following feed. And then uh, a couple weeks back, we featured one from Peter Norton, uh, who's doing 3D CSS pens. And those are all grouped together in his collection. Also, extremely cool. It had a tardigrade in there. Those little, like, I don't know if it's a bug. I'm not like a scientist, so I don't know. <laughs> you know, the bug, the tardigrade, or like the little, the little being that can like live in any environment. I mean, I know what you mean, but how do? You... Oh, yeah. Is, I mean, but it.
1: Is it real? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I just yeah, no. embarrass myself? Is it it's no, not they like exist. The flying, it's not like the flying spaghetti monster or whatever. It's no, okay. no,
0: no, no. No, they exist. They're real. Uh,
1: uh, <laughs> it <laughs> looks like starter. a freaking Lego creature or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah I, you know. Right.
0: Yeah. So it, it looks Lego in this portrayal of it. It's a little bit more rounded in, in reality. But you need a microscope to see him. So, Chris, I don't blame you for never having observed them. But, <laughs> but anyhow, anyhow uh, he had... Uh, a pen with with the illustration that's three D, you know, moving. Right, it's uh, pretty great. And then he also has these other creations of his all grouped together, and they have you know an overarching theme. They all kind of have the similar look, and it's really cool to see them all grouped together like that. And then uh, Brahms, the the mononym <laughs> Brahms. I don't know if Brahms goes by more than that, but Brahms has a uh, a scroll linked animation. Uh, collection which uh, was really interesting because he was reworking previous work to use a different library and he gathered that all up together in this collection so we'll stick all of those in the show notes because if you didn't catch them in the Spark they're worth checking out uh, but it's it's really cool to see the growth of the collection uh, and the flexibility and creative use that people have been making with the collections lately Yeah, I think that's my favorite new thing that we've been featuring in the Spark right yeah that's cool
1: That's cool. I like that, that, that it like the almost like the system works, right? If you like draw attention to the feature editorially, it actually drives usage of the feature.
0: Yeah. We're lucky because we have a, we have a community that's a real quick study too. They, they saw the potential right away and just started using it. And I, I just think that's really cool.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, congrats really mostly to you. You are the, are the absolute creator of the spark for all these years. Yeah.
0: I, I've written most of them. Yeah. yeah. I think probably there's maybe like up to 50 issues that I didn't write, but probably not even that many. It's probably yeah, like probably 25 not. ish yeah. that I didn't write. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've been writing them for a while and I, I do still love it. Like it's my favorite part of the job. So uh I just want to say, Thank you to everyone who creates stuff that goes into the Spark because your work is very inspiring and I love sharing it with the world. So yeah. thank you very much.
1: Yeah, if you don't get it, remember that it's probably because you unsubscribed at some point, which, and, which is absolutely fine and free to get whatever emails you like and don't like. But if you haven't been getting it and want to get it now that you heard this amazing podcast... <laughs> Just go into your settings, it's under notifications, just flick that little switch back on and you'll start getting it.
0: And if you're not an email enjoyer, I'm not much of an email reader, to be honest with you. Um, you can just check it out at codepen.io slash spark. Yeah, it's right it's on there. the web. I think there's even All an RSS of feed
1: for it, although do we guarantee eh, maybe, that? maybe. Yeah. I'm not yeah. sure
0: about that. I can, I'll never swear to an RSS feed. We always get caught out on that one. Um, but yeah. yeah, if you if you just want to check out the archive, the whole entire thing is there. Every single issue we have ever published is there. So you can check it out and see what it's been like in the Codepen community all the way back to 2016. God dang right. High five. Thanks, everybody, for
1: listening. Take care. We'll see you next week.
0: Bye-bye.